Hey, business leaders, this is S.C. Day, host of the Legally Steal Show, Tampa Bay's most engaging consumer finance talk show. Are you interested in taking your business to the next level of exposure? Do you have a product or service you're proud to share with the local consumers? If so, give me a call. Let's see how my voice can help take your business to the next level. Give me a call at 813-379-7248. Again, that's 813-379-7248. And let's put my voice to work for your business. And now, your all-star loan lineup from Grove Financial. Leading off, Vehicle Loans. Batting second, Grove Visa Credit Cards. Third, Grove Student Loans. And batting cleanup, the big guy, Home Loans. Holy cow, it's a grand slam from Grove Financial. Just look at those low rates. Apply today at GroveFinancial.org. Grove Financial Federal Credit Union is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration and an equal housing lender. It's time for Legally Steal. Your consumer advocate, S.E. Day. To be on the show, call toll-free 1-866-826-1340 or 727-441-3000. Now here is S.E. Day. Good morning, Tampa Bay. Good morning, rest of the world. Uh, we are having some lightning storms and thunderstorms down here in the Tampa Bay area this morning. Beautiful, though. Nice and hot and muggy like you're under a blanket in a pressure cooker. But it's still raining outside. And we are here to talk today about something that matters most to about 51% of Americans. And that's college education. The cost of education. Now, I've done some extensive research on this. I've done a show on this before, and we actually had guests on to talk about it from a bantering standpoint of the pros and cons of a college education. Now, today's show is is about you know college education. Is the cost is the cost worth the debt? Is the cost worth worth the debt? But before we get into that, I want to talk about um, the event we had last weekend. You heard me talking about it for last couple of months and um, a new show that comes on on Saturdays here on the Tan Talk Network, Family Law with Jeremy Simons. Uh, he was the he and Dr. White were the orchestrators of putting together that fundraiser. We had a pretty good turnout uh, for the fundraiser. For it to be at a, you know, on a Saturday evening, uh, we were proud of the turnout, and we appreciate it. I'm sure Jeremy is going to talk more about it. Um, the sponsors were there, so everybody was there. We did a live broadcast from the um, home where the event took place. So we raised money. The playground is being built. Um, I don't think it's quite completed yet, so... Uh, again, you can go to buildingfamilies411.com, buildingfamilies411.com, and make a donation. It's not too late. Um, so that was a good event. Uh, now, this this show, it really takes more than an hour uh, to discuss this issue. And it's a pressing issue that we are we're not really paying attention to. Because, of course, this is an election year, so you have um, the circle of idiots. Yes, those politicians. You have the circle of idiots who are buying for your vote 
to put them back in. And, of course, you know anybody who's been listening to me over time know that I have a big issue with uh, less than 500 clowns in Washington making decisions for 318 million people. And they only care about um, election time when they can run out and solicit our votes to put them back in office again. And I really don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. It doesn't really make a difference. Uh, when you have a two-party system that uh, is constantly uh, going back and forth, they're driving this, they're driving our economy uh, to the depths of the ocean um, for a lot for personal interest, personal gain, uh, because they are being backed by billion-dollar corporations, and they have their lobbyists. I mean, you have more lobbyists in Congress than you have uh, representatives. So just the nature of the beast. But one of the biggest problems that we're having is student loans, student loans. And we're going to talk in depth about student loans. Uh, if you if you want to join in on this conversation, uh, feel free to give me a call here at 727-441-3000, and uh, we can discuss what you think about it. But I can tell you this, the debt of student lending has surpassed credit card debt. It is now above $1 trillion. That's one-fifteenth, one-fifteenth of our national debt, student loans. And the question you have to ask yourself is why? Why why are student loans a, a growing business? Okay? We have, over the years, we've heard about debt-free and Get yourself out of debt, and you know you can be debt free, live debt free, live debt free. Well, that's the that's the misnomer, and the the absolute opposite in this country. Businesses don't want you to be debt free. The country doesn't want you to be debt free. Um, the lending institutions do not want you to be debt free. And you say why? Well, being debt free means that they can't make money. Interest, interest is a is a juggernaut when it comes to money, and businesses make money off of lending. So the interest rates that you pay are the driving force behind the business economy. Student loans top a trillion dollars. This was back in April. It's higher than credit card debt. Why? Well, here's one simple reason. One simple reason. Student loans can never, never be included in a bankruptcy. They will follow you until you die. Your student loans will follow you until you die. So when that's the case, why would a company want to get you out of debt? They want to keep you in debt. Now, you have public and private institutions, uh, institutions of higher learning, I would love to know why the cost of education continues to rise every year. Now, the reason I'm doing this show today is Monday starts school for uh, a lot of the, of course, for public schools, but also for colleges here in the state of Florida. So these freshmen are about to, you know, they left high school and they are now about to enter the world of higher education. And that cost is, you know, parents are having to weigh out 
you know, their 529 saving plans, putting money together for their for the college students or those who are getting Pell Grants. Now, if you have not done your research, you know Pell Grants only account for 55, I think it's $5,500 per year. That's per year. That's not a lot of money. Now, in the state of Florida, um, higher education in, in the public universities is coming in around 101 to like $105 per credit hour. That's pretty decent, pretty decent. So if you are a student only on Pell Grant and you're taking 18 hours, you can still go to school on the on the Pell Grant. Uh, you don't have to get a student loan. However, if you're going to schools maybe outside the state of Florida, it's not the same. When we come back, we're going to talk about the student loans and why students are taking them to live on. Stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. Hey, business leaders, this is S.C. Day, host of the Legally Steal Show, Tampa Bay's most engaging consumer finance talk show. Are you interested in taking your business to the next level of exposure? Do you have a product or service you're proud to share with the local consumers? If so, give me a call. Let's see how my voice can help take your business to the next level. Give me a call at 813-379-7248. Again, that's 813-379-7248. And let's put my voice to work for your business. And now, your all-star loan lineup from Grove Financial. Leading off, vehicle loans. Batting second, Grove Visa credit card. Third, Grove student loans. And batting cleanup, the big guy, home loans. Holy cow, it's a grand slam from Grove Financial. Just look at those low rates. Apply today at GroveFinancial.org. Grove Financial Federal Credit Union is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration and an equal housing lender. Welcome, this is Jeremy Simons of the Family Law Radio Show, brand new show on 1340 and 1350, 3 p.m. on Saturday. We are going to discuss family law issues affecting the modern family, and that includes divorces, paternity, domestic violence, those issues affecting your marriage and your family before, during, and sometimes after. We look forward to you tuning in Saturday at 3 p.m., and I can be found at PascoFamilyLawAttorney.com. See you Saturday at 3 p.m. Hey guys, this is Jeremy Rosado, and you're listening to Consumer Advocate SC Day on the Legally Safe Show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we're back this Saturday morning, August the 18th, right before the start of. I know you thought I was about to say the Republican National Convention. Ha! I don't care about that mess. Um. Be at the Democratic National Convention. I don't care about that mess either. Uh, what I care most about is bringing you issues that matter most to your wallet. And in this situation, um, those two, those two people who are, you know, one wants to stay in office and the other wants to be elected into office. Imagine this: between the two of them, between the two of them, you ready for this? They have spent half of a billion dollars, half of a billion dollars in advertisement. Half of a billion dollars in advertisement. Wow. And I'm sitting here talking about student loan debt. 
that has topped a trillion dollars. Now, before I left and went off the air, I was talking about why are students getting the student loans? Well, I think it's a racket. I really do. As a consumer advocate, I'm just going to throw it at you the way I see it. I think it's a racket. It's a racket be between the the banks for is the uh, subsidized student loans. So the subsidized student loans, basically, the way it works is they're backed by the government. That's why you find you know bankers getting into the business of giving out student loans because uh, when they're guaranteed by the government or subsidized, that means that uh, the government is backing it. The government is going to back that student loan. It still falls on your back, so don't get it twisted that when the government backs it, it it it, it absolves you, the individual, of getting a student loan from paying it back. Now, what it means is the government says that, you know, we are strong enough to subsidize those loans so this student can get a college education, a, get a, a degree of higher learning. Well, the reason I call it a racket is because, remember, you cannot file bankruptcy against a student loan. Now, you can file bankruptcy against credit cards, mortgages, which are, you know, going to foreclosure, car loans, all those things of consumer credit. But when it comes down to student loans, you cannot file a bankruptcy against it. So bankers know that if you have this student loan and you don't pay it back, it will forever ruin your credit, which means you're going to do whatever you need to do. Once you, once you understand the value of credit, cash is not king, people. Cash is no longer king. Credit is. Um, just a little short story. I was talking with a gentleman this week, and he's doing his business, and it's a, uh, you know, like a network marketing, but it's in precious metals. And here's his story that, you know, a part of his company, what they do is, and, and like I said, it's a short story, and then I'm going to get back to student loans uh, and, and college education. But this is, this is just to illustrate how strong credit is, how credit is truly king. This gentleman tells me that his company did $38 million in revenue last year. Uh, they're totally debt-free. And they have an incentive program in his company that says, basically, if you are the top salesman, then you qualify for a BMW lease. Now, the way this works is the top salesman has to actually go out and lease the vehicle. But once he leases the vehicle, then the company will actually pay for the lease the entire time of the lease. Well, they had one guy that qualified for the BMW, and he goes out to get a BMW, but he had a foreclosure on his credit, so he couldn't qualify for the lease. The owner of the company had to go and personally guarantee the lease for that vehicle. Why not the company? Well, because the company, yes, it did $38 million in revenue, it's debt-free, blah, 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 all the good stuff every business wants to hear. But the big problem was the company had no credit. So they did $38 million in revenue, but they had no credit. And this is something that we're going to talk about in depth because I have some stuff that I'm working on to, absolute, to actually help solve this problem as far as credit is concerned. But when credit is that strong, I mean, his company, $38 million in revenue, cannot pay for an $80,000 BMW, could not vouch for it. This tells you how strong credit is. And the businesses know this. So back to the student loans, the bankers are in cahoots with um, the Wall Street clowns and speculators as far as making money. 
Once you have this student loan, once you accept this student loan, you can't get rid of it. It's yours until you pay it off. Now, you know, under the new Health Care Act, the Affordable Health Care Act, uh, those that are participating in, like, social social programs when they come out of college, you know, nursing, uh, police, things to give back to the community, after 10 years of having that student loan, uh, if it's not paid off, after 10 years of having that student loan, then the government will forgive the balance. After As long as you've been paying it for 10 years on a regular basis and you are still in that line of work where you're giving to the community, then the government will pay off the, the beyond 10 years of your student loans. But that's not for everybody. Now, we're talking about why are students taking student loans? Well, everything is tied together. Everything is tied together. So when you look at the economy, yes, I feel the economy is getting better only to a small degree. Um, and I say that from my, my business vantage point, and many of the business owners that I know, um, they are doing more sales. They are, you know, um, having more products uh, being purchased. So the economy on that side is improving slightly. However, that improvement does not account for the cost of living in, you know, a person's home. So you have college students who are getting student loans because they are available and no one's telling them the ramifications of accepting these student loans. So I'm a college student. I have Pell Grant which accounts for, you know, $5,500 for that school year. And if I'm going to a college that uh, the school year may cost me, let's say $5,500, so everything balance out. Well, let's go a little bit below it, $4,500, where you have $1,000 left over. Well, that $1,000, you have to buy your books and you have to buy all your supplies, and um, you can't really be in college now without some type of digital device, be it a notebook or be it a tablet. You have to have something. So now let's say your entire Pell Grant is taken care of, but you break even. School is paid for. You have all the things you need. But now there's a subsidized loan for, say, $7,500 per school year. That's on top of your $5,500 per school year. So now you're looking at $13,000. Well, a lot of people are taking the $7,500 and using it as a living expense because the economy is so bad. Now, when there are jobs, jobs are not available, uh, plentiful like they were, and they're not because companies are are very reluctant to hire right now because they don't know what the what the what the circle jerk of the circle jerk of clowns will do in Washington. So, they're reluctant to hire. Because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with, you know, the Romney administration. We don't know what's going to happen uh, with the Obama administration if it stays there in office. But companies are like, you know, a little gun shy in hiring people because that's that, that hits their uh, overhead debt, their overhead. That's their payroll and all of the, you know, operation costs. And companies don't want to be in a bind. So... They're not hiring readily, which means, hey, if college students can't get a job, then what do they have to live on? Because remember, if you walk into Walmart, for instance, the person that's standing at the door is not some 18, 19-year-old. 
They're our grand senior citizens, which that's a whole nother show. I have a whole big problem with that. We'll talk about that later. But they're standing at the door saying, welcome to Walmart. What I'm saying here is you have college students competing with the seniors for jobs because jobs are not there. And if, as a business owner, I'm going to look at a maturity level first to hire you for my job, not necessarily your age. I'm not going to age discriminate, but I'm going to look at maturity level because I want my business run a certain way. I want to, you know, pro, you know, project a certain persona out. So I'm going to hire a certain way. And now you have college students who are taking the money just because it's there. Now, couple that with college students who have not been taught how money works, have not been taught the value of money. Some run out, they buy cars. Some run out, they buy other things. And I have to go back to when I was a college student, okay? When I was a college student, I could get a credit card. Of course, I was in the Army and, and uh, started going into ROTC. So once that happened, once the credit card companies knew that I was going to be a part of the U.S. military, I had credit cards that uh, middle class or middle-aged people didn't have because they knew, let me attract him now, let me hook him now, so as life goes on, he's going to be with me because he's in debt. So these college students are getting these credit cards, but they're getting the student loans. Now, of course, traditional, when we're in a bad economy and there are no jobs, what do people do? People go for, okay, <laughs> I'm going to say people go to college to, you know, let me change my career. Let me look at, you know, improving my life through education and getting me a better education. Right. That's a politically correct thing to say. The unpolitically correct thing to say is it's easy money. It's free money up front. So why don't I go to college? especially if I've never been, why don't I go to college? I can qualify for Pell Grant because it doesn't matter. The way you qualify for a Pell Grant, as long as you do not have a bachelor's degree, a baccalaureate degree, then you don't have to worry about you can qualify for a Pell Grant if, you know, income uh, is in line with that, income restrictions are in line. You can qualify for a Pell Grant. So you could be 30, 40, 50 years old and qualify for that Pell Grant. Well, as soon as you qualify for that Pell Grant, chances are you're going to qualify for a student loan. And if you're giving me, you know, $13,000 for the year and I'm in school, I think I may take that 13000 too because I still need to live. I still need to live. I once said that college students were some of the poorest people in America. I still maintain that. College students are some of the poorest people in America. And the government's not doing anything about it because right now we're in an election year, so they're not paying attention to student loan debt and things like that. But there are some some congressmen, believe it or not, uh, uh, Senator Al Franken, who was once a comedian on Saturday Night Live, has proposed a, you know, basically the Truth About College Act. Uh, and we're going to talk about when we come back from the break how People see colleges as institutions of higher learning. I see colleges and universities as businesses, nonprofit business or not-for-profit businesses. Stay tuned. We're going to break that down when we come back. 
Hey, business leaders, this is S.C. Day, host of the Legally Steal Show, Tampa Bay's most engaging consumer finance talk show. Are you interested in taking your business to the next level of exposure? Do you have a product or service you are proud to share with the local consumers? If so, give me a call. Let's see how my voice can help take your business to the next level. Give me a call at 813-379-7248. Again, that's 813-379-7248. And let's put my voice to work for your business. And now, your all-star loan lineup from Grove Financial. Leading off, vehicle loans. Batting second, Grove Visa credit cards. Third, Grove student loans. And batting cleanup, the big guy, home loans. Holy cow, it's a grand slam from Grove Financial. Just look at those loan rates. Apply today at GroveFinancial.org. Grove Financial Federal Credit Union is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration and an equal housing Welcome, this is Jeremy Simons of the Family Law Radio Show, brand new show on 1340 and 1350, 3 p.m. on Saturday. We are going to discuss family law issues affecting the modern family, and that includes divorces, paternity, domestic violence, those issues affecting your marriage and your family before, during, and sometimes after. We look forward to you tuning in Saturdays at 3 p.m., and I can be found at PascoFamilyLawAttorney.com. See you Saturday at 3 p.m. Hi, I'm Dana Pepper Carpenter, and when I'm looking for issues that matter most to my wallet, I tune into the Legally Steal Show with my good buddy, S.E. Day. And we're back. Man, time passes fast when you're having fun. And believe it or not, I may be in studio alone, but I am having fun. These are issues that really matter to me. Uh, I really care about education. I care about our country in the, in, in the direction that we're going. And... What I really shun is stupidity. I really shun stupidity because uh, I think that we as Americans, we need to open our eyes and not just look within our home of surviving. We have to look outside our walls to make sure that our world is going to go in the direction that we need it to go, that we want it to go, and not allow, not allow 438 to, you know, whatever the number is. I promise you the next time I give this out, I'm going to know the exact number. But, you know, with redistricting going on, the numbers change. But, you know, these clowns, 528 clowns to guide our lives, 318 million people. We have these politicians who are telling us what to do. And they really could care less about you until it's time for re-election. Until it's time for re-election, now they're in your face. Give me money because I'm saying this and I'm saying that. Here's the deal. And before I go back into it, I got to say this. Mitt Romney, I could care less about his taxes. He's a businessman. Yes, I know as a businessman, I am trying, trying to shelter every dollar that I can. Why? Because I don't want to give all my money to the government to pay for stupidity. So I'm going to bury my money in the Cayman Islands. I'm going to put it in all type of places. This is simply why Mitt doesn't want to give out his tax returns. Because he's buried money in places. And now it's it's almost hypocrisy that he's going to be the president of the United States. But now I have to say, well, you know, I want to be the president of the United States now, but I don't want people to bury their money in other places. That's why I'm not running for office, because I'm telling you, as a capitalist, I want to put my money in places where, because, you know, selfishly, I kind of think about my life. I want to have as much money as I want to garner. So I'm going to bury my money in places. So yeah, that's the truth about, you know, Mitt Romney. But it. <laughs> 
we all know this, or maybe we don't know this. Maybe we should know this. But see, you don't you don't find many people out talking like the way I do. They're either left wing or right wing. I don't really care. I kind of tell you how I see it and how I, you know, as a as a student of um, or, or a study of economy uh, or a study of politics, I tell you the way I see it from a practical sense, breaking it down for my listening audience. Um, before we went to break, I was talking about the the fact of student loans and college students accepting these student loans face value for what they are. And what it does is it costs everybody in the end because once that debt accumulates so much, you can't get rid of it. Now, ask yourself, when I say college students, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Let me see. Some bright-eyed, bushy-tailed 18-year-old who's just leaving high school and getting ready to start that venture in life. Mm-hmm. Um, no. College students run the gamut uh, from 40 to 50 to 60 to 70 years old. They're running the gamut because, you know, they're going back to school. Here I am, 43 years old, and I'm talking about going back to school. Got an undergrad, master's degree, but now I'm going back to school. Why? And it really made me think because this, this whole thing has been, you know, like really full steam rolling along. I went out to Stetson Law School. Now, let me tell you, Stetson Law School, part-time for a law degree is four years. That's four years. That's just like an undergrad, four years. It costs about $12,500 per semester, per semester. That's eight semesters. That's $100,000, $100,000. What, Bill? You're not going there because they have beautiful blonde women there? No, Bill. I'm I'm, I'm thinking about going there. They have a lot of attractive people well, there. Well, that's you'll fine. Fit, you'll fit right in yeah, because but, you're attractive too. Yeah, whatever, Bill. We're talking about $100,000. That's $100,000 in debt. Attorney General Pam Bondi went there. Yeah, and I bet she's in debt. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> so I'm looking at law school and I'm saying... Hmm. It's a hundred thousand dollars in debt, and remember, I have no desire to practice as an attorney. None. I have no desire to be in anybody's courtroom. So I have to ask myself, self, you have no desire to practice in anybody's courtroom. Yes, you're a consumer advocate. This will give you better insight. But is that better insight worth a hundred thousand dollars? There are other things that I can do. This week, I talk with a lady. And I don't know if she's listening this morning, but she is the new um, senior director of marketing for the Hillsboro Education Foundation, uh, Virginia McGrath. And we had a very interesting conversation about higher education and, you know, colleges and student loans. And we've all heard this, but of course, the political the politically correct environment in our country is, you know, basically, if you don't have a college education, then, you know, you're not going to achieve greatness in life. Uh, you know, a good education can make dreams come true. Right. Right. A good education did not necessarily say four year education. 
Um, some students, college is not for everybody. Yes, I told my children they are going to go to college, and I mean that. They are going to go to college. But college is not for everybody, not in the traditional sense of college that I talk about. You know, you sit down and you have a four-year education, and, of course, I don't want to ramble, but I can tell you, some of the things that colleges teach just to make money, because I told you they're a business, and we're going to get into that, just to make money are absolutely stupid, stupid. Instead of you paying for incoming freshmen, parents look at their transcript, incoming freshmen, their first year in the state of Florida, they're going to take something called college success. College success. They're paying for their class. Okay? This is something that should go on in high school. Preparing for college. If you're on a college prep track in high school. And this is where I call out all of the Board of Education, uh, teachers, principals. They should be teaching college success in high school not in college, where you have to pay for it. These public institutions, uh, high school, public high schools, not private high schools, because that's a whole other story. But public high schools, why are, they, why are you not teaching college success in high school instead of waiting for them to get to college and pay for that class? College, I don't want to say institutions of higher learning are a racket, but I can tell you they are a business. They are a business. This conversation that I had with Ms. McGrath, uh, we're, we're, we were speaking just to that term, that colleges are, or nonprofits are businesses, and they should run themselves as a business. Now, you have some of your Ivy League schools who have, through their endowments, I mean, these, the, these companies are, have billion-dollar endowments. You notice I didn't say institution of higher learning. These companies have billion-dollar endowments just because they are a nonprofit or a not-for-profit. And you got to understand those differences. But just because they are that, that does not mean that they are not – they're in business to make money. So education cost rises. Uh, who's being paid? Who's being paid? Well, I can tell you many of the teachers or the professors, they don't get a lot of money. So who's being paid? They're research and development departments. What are they researching and what are they developing? All I know is tuition costs is continuing to rise. Um, and, uh, you know, according to the college board, the average 2010-2011 tuition increase was 4.5% at private colleges. 4.5% at private colleges and 7.9% at public universities. This is almost annually. They know, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but they know that more people are jumping into schools when the economy goes bad. So the tuition cost rises. As the tuition cost rises, listen, Pell Grant is not increasing. So as tuition cost rises, loans rise. As loans rise, debt rise. As debt rise, uh, we live in a nightmarish situation. So, yes. A good education can make dreams come true, but paying for that education can be a nightmare, can be a nightmare. So I'm asking myself, do I want to endure $100,000 in debt? Um, I could be 
I could go to a negotiating course and play ten, pay ten thousand um, dollars, and not a hundred thousand dollars, a tenth of that. Or I could go and you know to some you know like uh, um, take a specialty in in negotiation and consumer advocacy and and things like that, and not pay a hundred thousand dollars because I have to ask myself at the end of the day. Who does that JD mean something to? Does it mean something to my listening audience, or does it mean something to me? Uh, I think it has more weight with meaning something to me because if my audience is getting what I'm giving them, uh, doing the research for them and bringing it to them, uh, i got to question that. So these are some thoughts that I have to think about. I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I, I owe $100,000 and I can't pay it back. That's not going to be my case. But for more people who are in college right now, you are leaving school with an undergrad degree or a master's degree, and you do not have a job. You do not have a job, and you're leaving with a marketing degree, and you do not have a job. I can tell you, I'm hiring right now. I'm hiring. I'm looking to bring somebody on. they got to be a top producer, and they can earn up to $100,000 a year just here in the Tampa Bay market. But guess what? Uh, you can have a college degree. You can have a master's degree. It doesn't mean much to me. I need to know if you can produce. Can you produce? Well, I am not atypical from businesses out there. Businesses that need to grow have sales forces. Sales forces traditionally work on commission. And working on commission, um, it doesn't really uh, require a college degree. Yeah, you can go through the art of sales and learn about the sales process, but do you have to take four years in college? And believe me, I am not saying do not weigh out college. You look at your career track. Look at your career path for the next, you know, five years, ten years. Do it realistically. Do it realistically within your home with your with your parents or with your with your spouse. Do it realistically. But I can tell you, in my field, I need someone who can sell, can sell, and you can have a master's degree if you want to, or you can be right out of high school. I need someone who can sell, who can produce. Many companies are looking for producers. Now, those that, are, you know, have those businesses within, yes, they're looking for those specialized degrees. But you can have a specialized degree, but if no company is there to give you a job, you have a specialized degree. I know many. I'm telling you, I've received resumes from people right now that have graduated from USF with a master's degree, a master's degree in entrepreneurship, and they can't find a job. They've been out of a job. And there's a big, there's a big problem with that because these guys that, remember, if you're getting your master's degree, unless you're getting a scholarship, you have to get student loans. There's no more Pell Grant for your master's degree, and you're going to pay for that $30,000, $40,000. Hey, stay tuned as we come back and wrap up the show. And I want to give you some shocking facts about student loan debt. Stay tuned. And now your all-star loan lineup from Grove Financial. Leading off, vehicle loans. Batting second, Grove Visa credit card. Third, Grove Student Loans. And batting clean up, the big guy, Home Loans. Holy 
Michael. Just look at those low rates. Apply today at GrowFinancial.org. Grow Financial Federal Credit Union is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration and an equal housing lender. Welcome, this is Jeremy Simons of the Family Law Radio Show, brand new show on 1340 and 1350, 3 p.m. on Saturday. We are going to discuss family law issues affecting the modern family, and that includes divorces, paternity, domestic violence, those issues affecting your marriage and your family before, during, and sometimes after. We look forward to you tuning in Saturdays at 3 p.m., and I can be found at PascoFamilyLawAttorney.com. See you Saturday at 3 p.m. Hey, business leaders, this is S.C. Day, host of the Legally Steal Show, Tampa Bay's most engaging consumer finance talk show. Are you interested in taking your business to the next level of exposure? Do you have a product or service you're proud to share with the local consumers? If so, give me a call. Let's see how my voice can help take your business to the next level. Give me a call at 813-379-7248. Again, that's 813-379-7248. And let's put my voice to work for your business. This is Victor Taylor, one of the hosts of the Beer Master Radio Show. If you love learning about craft beer, love tasting craft beer, and love talking about craft beer, then the Beer Master Show is for you. We take you behind the scenes to the breweries, bars, and events that are making big news in craft beer. So join us Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. for Beer Talk with the Beer Master Radio Show. Because for us, it's all about the beer, baby. And we're back. Uh, today's show, we've been talking about the real cost of higher education. Is the cost of a college education worth the debt? Now, some shocking facts. Um, for a projected four-year tuition and fees, now, and this is private and public. Private colleges, basically, two years ago, um, were about $119,000. For public universities, about $33,000. That was two years ago. And for two-year community colleges and two-year private colleges, that's going, you know, two-year community college and then going off to a private college. Two years ago, it was about $68,000 for a four-year tuition and fees. In 18 years, from two years ago in 2028, right now at the cost, at the way things are rising, the cost is predicted to be around. You ready for this? Private colleges, $340,000 for four-year tuition. Okay. Public universities, 95000 And that's in-state residents, not out-of-state, in-state residents, $95,000. And for those of you who wanted to jump into a two-year community college and then go to a two-year private college, you're going to be looking at around $196,000. This is in 18 years. This is the projected number. Okay, these are real numbers, people. On the track that we're going, unless greed stops, and that's greed systemically across the board, and that means the government, that means the, the, uh, the college boards, that means the banking industry. Unless greed stops, people won't be able to afford to go to college. Now, two of the worst culprits out there, Two of the worst culprits out there are these two private universities. And you may have a degree from it. That's your business. You paid for it. But two of the worst culprits out there 
or University of Phoenix and Strea University. University of Phoenix and Strea University. If you're going to, and see, they make it real easy for you to get into college. And I'm telling you because I know I have firsthand knowledge of it. They make it real easy for you to get into college. But the way the University of Phoenix works, the University of Phoenix doesn't work on a semester basis. They make, they, they work on a, um, a nine-week basis. And they will keep you in school year-round. But you cannot, and this is for an undergrad degree, for your four-year undergrad right out of high school going into college degree. By the time you graduate University of Phoenix, you will have accumulated nearly $40,000, if not more, in student loan debt for an undergrad degree. Now, remember, with an undergrad degree, when you step out of college, you are going to work in an entry-level position. So you do the math. You walk out of college with $40,000 or $50,000 in debt, and you get a job earning $30,000 a year, entry level. That's what a, you know, undergrad degree. The math doesn't make sense. The math doesn't make sense. Now, you want to improve yourself. You got that entry level job. You want to improve yourself, so you want to go back to school so you can get your master's, and now you can earn a little bit more money. Well, you do that. And they give you, you know, you've been on your job two years, you're making thirty, thirty-five thousand dollars. You go to college, get your master's, come back. Now you can make forty-five thousand dollars, but you're gonna pay another thirty to forty thousand dollars in student loans to get your master's. So now you have forty thousand dollars from the University of Phoenix, and you have another thirty thousand dollars. You're seventy thousand dollars in debt, and you're only making forty-five thousand dollars. The math doesn't add up. Now, if you want to be, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed like OSC and say, you know, I want to get my law degree, add another $100,000 to that. So now I'm $170,000 in debt, and I don't really have a good-paying job. Job. Okay. We're going to talk more about that, University of Phoenix, of how these guys are pretty much um, uh, abusing the system. And, you know, Congress is trying to get on top of it and, you know, regulate these private universities that ton it, charging a ton of money. You know, and we're going to talk about why universities decide to go private instead of being public. But I've known people who have graduated from University of Phoenix and their, their degree is not recognized by some jobs because it's pretty much online. Unless you're in Phoenix, Arizona, it's pretty much online. It's a big racket. I don't care if they don't like it. Uh, I'm heavily insured, so I'm going to say what I feel. And if you don't like it, you know, do what you do. But um, it's a racket, and they're making a ton of money. Okay, five shocking facts about student loan debt. Now, we both know that we've been taught that a good education can make your dreams come true. And by all means, I am a supporter of higher learning. Get as much knowledge as you can. Just be cost-effective in the way you do it. But student loan debt is bigger than plastic. We talked about that in opening up the show. Okay? One-fifteenth of our national debt is in student loans, and it's getting bigger. It's not slowing down. It's not going to slow down, not unless you take it and look for what you need to do. The other shocking fact, it's tougher to repay these debts. It's tough to repay your student loan debt, and it never goes away. So I don't care what you do. You have a bad time in life, and I can tell you, life has ebbs and flows. 
Life, life has valleys and hills. You will go through that if you're living. And when you hit that, I promise you, your credit might be affected. You can go and file bankruptcy, but remember that student loan debt you got? You can't get rid of it. Okay? Growing debt, stagnant wages. Growing debt, stagnant wages. Wages are not increasing. Matter of fact, wages are dropping, but the debt is increasing. We're heading for a collapse. Now, some people say I'm way out of my mind. I'm not an economist. I don't understand, but I can tell you what. I've been in business long enough to know, and I know how to read the tea leaves, if you will. We're going to collapse. We cannot sustain this amount of debt. The heck with what, you know, the the uh, the government is doing. We cannot sustain this type of debt. A crash is inevitable. All right. It's not. Here's another fact. It's not just a Generation Y problem. You know, Gen Y. I'm Gen X. It's not a Gen Y, not just a Gen Y problem. Why not? Because parents love their children. And, yes, they should. I love mine. But you know what? I don't love debt. And I want my child to have the best education. But you know how I got my education? It wasn't because my, my, my mom paid for it. It was because I made it happen. I strategically, when I was sitting in college some 25 years ago, I made it happen because what I did was I looked at the landscape. I had the same thing, Pell Grant, student loans. I only took one, one $2,000 student loan when I was in college in my undergrad year. Why? Because I wanted it. Because I wanted to buy something, I took the student loan. But I realized that after I came out of college and I paid my student loan off, I paid my student loan off in five months. I paid that $2,000 loan off in five months. And I was very thankful that I did not get those student loans because they didn't follow me around. But why is it not just a Gen Y problem? Well, the parents are actually co-signing for these student loans. So when that parent co-signs for that student loan, it becomes uh, the... uh, baby boomers generation or the generation X uh, problem, not just generation Y. Remember, when you co-sign, you are co-owning. And then, you know, they, they use co-signing because it sounds more pliable. It sounds easier. When you co-sign, you co-own. So when you co-own that loan, if your son or daughter doesn't have a job, you have to pay for that. And it's going to fall back on you. Okay. <laughs> So these are things that you need to understand as a parent. Uh, Why would a parent want to send their child out of state to go to school? I do not understand it. Somebody please help me. Help me understand that. Why would you want to send your child out of state to go to school? Because what you do not realize is out-of-state tuition costs. My son, I've told this story before, but my son decided to go stay with his girlfriend. Okay. And in the state that he's residing with his girlfriend, in order for him to transfer from the state of Florida at $105 per credit hour or less, it's $848 per credit hour in the state that he resides, okay, for the same education. And I don't want to talk about the curriculum because it's a joke. It's a joke. It's just like saying, and I know I'm going to piss off some people when I say this, it's just like saying, a bunch of dead guys 400 years ago that we label our founding fathers, 
a bunch of dead guys now, still know and can tell us what we need to know today. Are you serious? They didn't have cell phones back when those guys were around. They had horse and buggy or horses. But what they made back then still stands for us today. We are an evolving race. We need to evolve our policies, our theories. We need to evolve those. Well, some of the stuff that they teach in college, uh, like college success, moneymaker, um, and I'm not attacking the arts. I'm not attacking the arts. But I can tell you, early American history, we have enough history being made today, this year, that can fill the history books for years to come. Early American history, unless you're just going to be a history buff, uh, that's a liberal arts major, by the way, I don't understand. I don't understand. If we don't make the curriculum ready for tomorrow, not today and not yesterday, if you don't make it ready for tomorrow, we're going to continue to suffer. Listen, this is a long story that we can continue to discuss, and we're going to touch it again, I promise you. Next week, we're going to talk about the art of sales and selling in today's economy. And, hey, on the 1st of September, I have a special celebrity guest that will be on. Check out the blog. Check out the website, LegallySteelShow.com. Stay dry this weekend. Love you. Be safe.